welcome to Black and Wilder Tales, an actual play podcast. My name is Josh Fox, my pronouns are he, him. I will be your keeper. Hello, I'm Becky Anison. My pronouns are she, her, and I will be playing Gabby the Surge, and her pronouns are also she, her. And I'm James Torrance, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be playing Azure Wings, the last, whose pronouns are also he, him. Hi folks, I'm Nick Bates, my pronouns are he, him, uh, and I'm playing the Viscount Greaves, who is the Shade. Uh, his pronouns are also he, him. Hi, my name's Sue Elliott. My pronouns are she, her. I'll be playing August Nye, the Found, whose pronouns are also she, her. And we're playing Apocalypse Keys by Ray Najardi. Hello, I'm Josh Fox, editor of the podcast and GM of our Apocalypse Keys game. We're having a great time creating Black Armada Tales and we hope you're enjoying listening to it. If you like what we're doing and you'd like other people to hear about it, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. A five-star review will make a big difference to whether people are able to find the podcast. We'd also love it if you joined us on Twitter. The podcast account is B Armada Tales. That's letter B, followed by Armada Tales. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. Greaves and Gabby show up at this very moment, presumably racing from the elevator, which they have been awkwardly standing in, waiting for the music to stop and discussing their feelings and yeah so they kind of burst into the room to find the mighty swirling cloud of gabby-esque crt monitors doing battle with an army of ghostly akinari and a quick glance around the room will also reveal the presence of mean august and, and night, I think what so I, I, I get the sense mean August and nice August are kind of in that classic psychic battle where you've got your fingers on your temples and you're glaring at each other, you know, that kind of thing. But nice August is, has currently got the upper hand and has got control of the Elder Switch. One of the Elder Switches, because there are two Elder Switches here. Elder Switch Prime is the one that's currently under your control, and Elder Switch Beta is the one who's with you and not under anybody's control, as far as we know. What do you do, Gabby and Greaves? <laughs> what do you... And don't forget, by the way, big dark sphere, pulsing sphere uh, in the background, which currently all of this chaos is between you and it. Can I just get a sense of where where the two Augusts are relative to that sphere? Like, are we going through the CRTs to get to August? Right, so I think mean August is stood near the sphere. Nice August is wherever nice August wants to be, but I got the sense it was more near the door. Nice August might still be near Jolene, wherever Jolene is. She could be by the door. Because that's... I'm just thinking that's where the sort of... the conversation was being had. But we could say door, just to make it a bit easier. Oh, right, no, I've got it the wrong way around in my mind, because you were by the sphere with Jolene, and then mean August came in, didn't she? Yes. And found you there, so you yeah. are the one that's near the sphere, and mean August is the one that's near the door. You got the Augusts confused. How can, how can you do that? <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're so different, aren't they? And the CRT monitors are fucking everywhere. Jesus Christ, this is quite a. It's not that big of a room, and the CRT monster monster is massive, and the army of Akinari is massive. So I just think they're everywhere. If you want to get to anything. Uh, other than what's right next to the door, you're going to have to do kind of some sort of kung fu 
um, weaving through the crowd type thing. How big is the sphere, by the way? How big is the sphere? I'm not sure whether I've actually described the size of it particularly. I think I was envisaging it's like bigger than a car, but smaller than, I don't know, a house. Does that help? Yes, yeah. So, so I think as the elevator door dings and slides open onto that utter chaos, yes. Greaves would probably just shout, Gabby, go! Out of character, can I just check what that signal is supposed to mean that you want to do? <laughs> Nothing specifically, it's just that <clears throat> there's, a, there's a massive melee happening. Gabby is incredibly powerful. Greaves is incredibly slow. So... Sending the tanks. It's yeah. It's <laughs> I don't know. Clear me a path, or okay, cool. Yeah, I'll clear him a path. <laughs> Whatever you. I mean, I don't. I, I kind of. I'm just unleashing the Gabby. I think. Oh, are you taking? Are, are you um, using my power? Oh, I have to ask you to use it as you see fit. But Josh reminded me that I don't always have to give in to my power, or I can do something else, which is a little bit less. <laughs> A little bit less awful. I will say one thing, which is that yeah. the the CRT monitor demon is currently, or angel perhaps, um, is currently locked in battle with the Akinari. So although it is filling the room, it is not capable of taking concerted action against you right now. So if you want to clear a path, it's not like you've got to fight the CRT monitor monster you can just clear a path that you won't need to roll any dice. Oh, in that case, I will do just that. I will go and clear a path. Gabby will react as though she knew what Grooves was asking for all along and be a seamlessly oiled cog in his machine. I'm not editing that bit out, though, so it won't seem like <laughs> you are a seamless... <laughs> I don't expect anybody who listens to this podcast to think that I'm a seamless cog. Right, so, what, so you're, you're clearing a path for, for Grooves specifically... Awesome. Why don't you just describe how you do that? Obviously, you can't take down the CRT monster in so doing. You're just taking down the little bits of it. Well, you said I don't have to roll, so I can narrate whatever I like. So I think I, I'm i going to use my powers, but in a slightly weird and less destructive way. I know that we've established that Gabby doesn't really do that, so maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should just fight a path through. I'll just fight a path through. Let's just say angels are also awesome at fighting. I just don't bother doing it. Seems plausible. Yeah, we have all of those kind of final battles that we're supposed to be having in the wars that heaven wages against hell. So maybe I'll just grab a impromptu, grab a we- grab a weapon off a fallen Akinari and just clear a path for Greaves. What are Akinari weapons like, James? Well, clearly they partially exist in a higher dimension. So, you know, just as you move them around, they they shift in form. And it's probably, you know, gribbly and tyrannidish, um, sort of, you know, chitinous and covered in spikes in weird places. I do that. All right, cool. So you, like, walk through and twatting them with your tyranid sword. Like an avenging angel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what I did. Okay, well, cool. So you do that. What is the purpose of all of this? Um... Uh, wait, I'm supposed to have a plan? Is that? Uh... I don't know. You asked to clear a, clear a path. The, the, Even if, at least walk down the path now that she's cleared it. To be fair, I just said, Gabby, go. Yeah, but, you know, subtext. 
Well, I have two options here. I, so, so yes, I will. I will follow as fast as I can. Um, what I want to do is get to August. Which one? The right one. Nice August. Yeah, I think so. But what I can maybe do is use this opportunity, use the time that Gabby has bought me to study what's going on here, to get a sense for the situation, to deploy my soul that is like a steel trap, to see if I can formulate some sort of a plan. All right, that sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, thanks everyone for just providing me enough time to think. I really appreciate it. I feel like this is carnage going on everywhere and Greaves is just walking down the, the room sort of stroking his beard uh, if, he, if he had one. <laughs> Do, I, I wonder, does he rub his... <laughs> probably doesn't. Um, his dome. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty sure I didn't want to say does he rub his dome, but we've done Ooh, it now. Oh, so. yeah, you're right. I said that, didn't I? <laughs> All right, I'm going to spend two darkness tokens get this back on track. Two darkness tokens to resist rubbing the dome. <laughs> Uh, so I rolled a ten for a total of twelve, and I don't have the bonds to—I <laughs> don't have the bonds to do anything about that. So on an eleven or plus, I ask one from the above, but come to a harrowing realization about the situation. The keeper will ask me—you you will ask me a difficult question that I must answer. So I have a list, and all of them would be useful. So what I'm tossing up is—oh, there are three here. How about what weakness do I perceive? Well, just tell me what your objective is. Ah, well, we're here to we're here to. What do we do? We open the door before the harbinger does, and then take what's on the other side. Like, I want to end this. So, in fact, the question. No, let me. Rather than what weakness do I perceive, the question is how do we best end this quickly? That's actually what I want to know. Okay, so what we've established through your theorizing is that. The sphere is it's 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 not a gateway to the mirror universe, is it? It's a gateway to to breaking the barriers between the mirror universe, the oldest house, and our universe, so that all three become fully overlapping, right? Or there's a straight route through between them, or something like that. Yeah. And the oldest witch had been looking for who could do this. And and concluded that mean August was the the right answer. Am I right about that? Am I remembering this right? Yeah, that sounds right to me. Why? Why is? I, I'm I'm really sorry to go back to theor- theories at this crucial juncture, but why is? Do we think August was mean August is the right person to help with this? What we what did, did we establish what we were expecting mean August to do? I mean, open the door. No, is the short answer. I don't think we established exactly what it is that Mean August is going to do. No, that's fine. And, and we also, I think we also established that the, the, the void is somehow a kind of reset point as well, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is really obvious. Whoa, hang on. No, it isn't. Give me a tick. <laughs> Way to sum up the entire campaign there. <laughs> All right. I think I got it. I think I got it. So you yourself have been pondering this very question of, okay, so you understand what the oldest witch is up to, but understanding what they're up to and why they're doing it is a different thing from understanding the tool that they are using to achieve it, which in this case is the void at the heart of the oldest house. And now that you're in a position to to look at the void and kind of study it, 
you're starting to see what must be going on here. You can see the the void pulsating in a rhythm that is then reflected in your little jar, your little August detector jar. And you start to realize that if the void is left to itself, it will cause a reset. If it is allowed to expand beyond its current boundaries, it will do more than reset the house. It will reset the boundaries that divide the house from the mirror dimension and the, and the house from normal space or AKA your world. So that is the, that is the aim is to in effect, overload the void and cause it to spill out beyond its regular limits. And so the quickest way to end this would be to destroy the void, which very likely August has got something in her bag which would would be capable of doing that, although you don't know what you'd have to ask August for that information. And I think now you have to ask me a difficult question that I must answer. Oh, I thought you could ask two questions. No, because uh, no, only one because of the, the 11 plus. Ah, right. Okay, well, so the harrowing realisation that you have is as you're contemplating the void and contemplating your little jar, uh, you realise, of course, the jar is still doing exactly what it what you created it to do. It's still indicating the presence of August's soul, the soul that you briefly communicated with after August was unmade by Gabby. Well, you realise that that soul must be inside the void or it wouldn't be pulsating the way that it is. So my question to you is, what will happen to August's soul if you destroy the void? I really want to punt that question at Sue, but I don't... <laughs> I don't want to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose there's a sub-question to this, which is why are there two Augusts? Or three, if you count the soul. If the soul counts as a third, yeah. Okay, so tell... I'm going to try something on and tell me if we hate it. I mean, obviously, especially Sue. I think if we puncture the void, if we destroy the thing, then it's going to end up collapsing all three Augusts into a single August. And, and what I don't know is what that's going to mean for August. Like... I know that there are there are there are dream realms and, and and all sorts of places where August exists or or so I think Greaves can imagine some dreamlike jewel for dominance happening inside August or some weird amalgamation of those two possibly three versions of August or uh, you know all kinds of. I, I think Greaves can't imagine that this is going to be a smooth, ah, there's just one August now. It's instead going to be chaotic and, and, and I think Greaves has no idea what the outcome will be. Whether that means we end up with just one August who is mean August or one August who is our August or something else entirely. How does that sound? Sounds entirely appropriate for this game, to be honest. 
I'm I'm all for it. Okay, that that works for me. So there you go. There's your there's your harrowing realization. You've got no fucking idea what the consequences of this will be for August. But I think there's only one thing that Greaves can do right now, which is get to August and. I mean, can I? Can we even tell which one is which? August is which? Oh, yeah, the one with the pointy beard is uh, is mean August. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't know that you can actually. Um, maybe you you can just deduce it from body language or something. I mean, we know that mean August carries herself quite differently to nice August. So I and you know, Greaves is pretty sharp. I think he'd be able to tell the difference. So I think what I need to do is get to our August and and tell her all of this. Because I don't think Greaves feels like he can make that he can do that to her or instruct anybody else to. You know, shatter the sphere and So yeah, he'll make a beeline for, for August, who is struggling at the moment anyway, I think. Alright, so here I think you can do that, and because you've got Gabby fending off the chaos, you'll be able to get there. But as you are doing so, I think Mean August, sort of, who's who's been locked in this sort of psychic duel with Nice August, it seems to just let up, right? So she's been trying to kind of fight you off and keep control of the oldest, oldest witch prime, and decides this is not going to happen. And reaches down to a bag. Now, do you remind me what your bag looks like? Your special bag of tricks. It's like a children's backpack. Yeah. Maybe with some like cartoon character patches on it. Little little fluffy keyring. Cool. Well, obviously, Mean August has got the same backpack that you do. And so now I'm going to ask Gabby, what weapon? should mean august pull from her backpack if she wants to kill you hmm, that's an interesting question i'm probably going to be very i probably ought to be better up on my biblical law oughtn't i but i don't think the bible goes into a lot of detail into what weapons kill angels how to kill the angel gabriel not really mentioned seems like a bit of an oversight shepherd's crook maybe Somewhere at that big bit at the back of the Bible where it gives, you know, how many hit dice each of the angels has and what their attack, attack yeah. rating is. It's Appendix D. And the uh, the, uh, uh, the weaknesses each assigned to each angel, each type of angel. I think that each of us named angels was called into being by the word of God when God spake our names into the void and created us out of nothing. That sounds appropriate. So I think the weapon that you use to kill an angel is the word of God speaking their name to banish them back to nothing from whence he called them. Oh, shit. I know. Cool, right? Yeah, I guess so. Did I go too far? Do they, does they have to speak it? No, no, no. No, they don't. It's like... It's actually the word of God in some sort of vessel or container. It's the echo of the word when that was captured when God first spoke the names of the angels and called them into being. It's like in a jar or something, like in a kind of one of those Coptic jars, maybe. Obviously, that's not very Christian, is it? That's Coptic jars is 
Egyptian, isn't it? But like a jar like a Coptic jar, but more biblical, that you like smash and release the last echoes of the word of God speaking the name of the angel. So everybody who hears it will hear the, hear the voice of the last echoes of the voice of God. Weren't the Dead Sea Scrolls in some sort of... Yeah, something like that. Like a cylinder or something. I think we can say it's a clay cylinder. Yeah. So I want to do is going to break this down kind of like a montage. I would like August and Greaves to have their conversation. And every like few sentences, I will say what August is doing while you're talking. I mean, August, I mean. Can you give me a, a, a visual, Sue? Is, is August standing upright or...? I think when Mean August uh, relinquished, like withdrew from the fight, it, it almost I think it kind of sent Nice August off balance, like physically off balance. And so she, I think maybe she's she's actually sort of tripped and fallen to her knees at this point, maybe catching her breath a little bit because that was quite a struggle. Cool. Uh, okay, I think I think um, Greaves as, as swift as he can runs over to to. August and drops to his knees in front of her, so he's he's probably still towering over her, I guess. And he says, uh, "August, we have to talk. Can, can do you have time?" I'm I'm trying to keep control. And as she says that, you hear her voice, but also feel the voice of the oldest witch etched onto your mind. Cool. I think Greaves grabs both of August's shoulders, kind of offering her support, you know, and says, um, I'm here, August. I just need you to focus for, for just a few moments so I can tell you. Okay, I'm listening. Okay, so as you're doing that, mean August, like, pulls off her backpack, plunges her hand into it, and feels around, and then we see a look of pure spite on her face as she makes eye contact with Gabby. I've been searching for you, August, ever since Gabby ever since Gabby unmade you. And I've I've found you and you're inside the sphere. I Greaves will gesture upwards with his with his his helmet so it's clear what he's pointing to. I I I wasn't lying when I said I was me. No, I believe you. I believe you of course, but but there is some version of you up there just just as there's an evil version of you over there and august to end this we have to break that sphere mean august pulls out from the bag a clay cylinder on which is written a language that most of you will not recognize but which gabby does recognize I guess it's probably like Aramaic and it says something similar to in case of angelic emergency break clay <laughs> can I respond I kind of but I don't want to get in the middle of the montage I mean like this is all a few seconds of action right and you're on the other side of a busy room so you're welcome to um give us your little bit of the montage I, I think the bit of the montage then is that Gabby's eyes will go wild and she'll shout no uh, and then start trying to fight her way to mean August but clearly won't make it in time what does what does that mean Greaves August 
I don't really know. So little of this makes sense to me. But but I, I, I strongly suspect that when we break that sphere, the three of you, the three versions of you, will, will collapse into one. I don't want I don't want her back. I'm better off without her. There's, there must be another way. Greaves, I'm scared. I think Greaves says, I know, August. I understand. But I can't see any other way. And as you say that, mean August lifts the, the uh, cylinder up in both hands and there's a look of pure delight on her face like a child that is about to smash something that belongs to an older sibling or something like that and hurls it at the ground but we'll have some more conversation before it hits the ground it has to be you august i i can't do that to you okay okay i'm sorry august what do you need me to do? I think there's, if, if you could see Greaves' face, there would be this sort of dawning moment of horror, I guess, as he realises that he's put all this up together to this point, but he doesn't know what the answer is. And he probably slumps back a little bit uh, on his own heels and says, August, I, I, I don't, I'm sorry, I, I don't know. So, so much of this is, I, I don't know. So I've just realised something, which is that um, as your wings, while he's been busy wrangling all these Akinari, is probably free to um, take action at this point, and is very, very fast. So I just thought I'd pause and see what as your wings is doing. So yeah, I mean, I I, I hadn't wanted to interfere with the flow, um, but if I had seen this and seen Gabby's reaction, then. Yeah, I'd definitely be like, no, Gabby, I love you. And see, the interesting thing to do is to pick one of my exotic ruin moves, but the logical thing to do is just to be very fast and try and intercept the clay cylinder. So I'd probably do that. Now, you see, in normal circumstances, I would say just being very fast and getting across the room is just really, really easy for Azure Wings. And maybe that is the right answer. But on the other hand, it is a room full of other Akinari who are swirling around and getting in the way, who presumably are not things that you can just phase through. Would that, does that make sense to you, or do you think you ought to be able to just do it? Yeah, I mean, probably, you know, the the, the, the presence of their ghost forms entangled with higher dimensions makes, makes phasing a complicated task. It, it wibbles the rubber sheet of space-time. Yeah, 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 wibbles the rubber sheet. That's exactly what I was thinking. So, um... In that case, I think you might be doing that that there move where you have to push your uh, your boss name's power through darkness. Okay, I've only got one darkness token at the moment, so I will totally spend that and roll two d six in the app. Oh, that's a ten for an eleven total. An eleven. Bonds, bonds. You are on the edge of disaster. Choose one. Mark a condition to exert better control of your powers, or let the keeper tell you how the situation is not under your control. Well, I'm at three conditions at the moment, so I, I don't think I can afford to go into my what's it called breaking point. So I better I better let the keeper tell me how the situation is not under my control. Oh shit, James! 
I, I'm assuming that on an 11 plus, in some way you succeed? Yeah, I think so, I reckon. I mean, clearly, if your objective is to stop the tablet, or the cylinder from smashing, then the, the cylinder shouldn't smash. That would be um, that would be very unfair if that happened. But, okay, I think what will happen is, as wings zips across the room in what seems like the blink of an eye to anybody else, but to as your wings is quite a laborious process of weaving in and out of the the rubber sheet of of space time um as he appears in front of the gleeful face of mean august and grabs the cylinder just as it's about to smash into the ground mean august sort of stumbles backwards with a look of horror and fear on her face which i remember you you terrified her earlier on yes and um, she holds out her hand in that kind of uh, uh, gesture indicative of a psychic using their abilities <laughs> and twists her hand to try and get control of you again. And yeah, I think, because I'm telling you how the situation's not under your control, I think the answer is that you're not completely in control of yourself. But you can't be completely not in control of yourself either, otherwise you just break the cylinder for her. So yeah, I think you're undergoing a psychic struggle with with me in August now. But that does buy some time for further conversation and maybe even for Gabby to get there and do whatever she was going to do. Let's have more conversation first, though. I think August looks up at Greaves, who is... Did you say he'd sort of sort of crouched, crouched back a little bit? Is that right? Yeah, slumped back on his heels, yeah. Yeah. So she kind of kneels in front of him and puts uh, I think she puts her hand on his arm and says sorry I this is this is all this is all my fault I'm sorry if I'd I, I should have been able to stop her like she's me and the other August is me and I just I'd never wanted to be a monster I, I just wanted I just wanted to be normal and now all of this is is all of this is because of me. I I I, th- I think I think I know what needs to happen, and I don't I don't blame you or or anyone for what might happen next. And August looks back at her um, backpack, which I think had fallen off like in the struggle. And she's going to use her ruin move, if that's okay. Ooh, I like a ruin move. That's more than okay. That's brilliant. Okay. As August looks back at her backpack, she remembers the dream of the oldest of the oldest house, and the maze, and the terrible creature with August's face that she saw there. This huge mechanical spider type thing and the fear that it seemed to evoke in, in anything that was around it and as she's imagining this rusty sharp looking mechanical arm pokes itself out of the bag followed by another one <laughs> and the monstrous August spider killing machine crawls its way out of the bag 
Thank you for listening to Black Armada Tales. We've been playing Apocalypse Keys by Ray Najardi. You can find out more about Apocalypse Keys at evilhat.com forward slash home forward slash apocalypse hyphen keys. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast and join us on Twitter where we are B Armada Tales. If you're struggling to find a pen to write all that down, you can find that information and more in the show notes. See you next time. While you were busy going and getting your ice cream. No, I'd already got my ice cream. Oh my god! Welcome to Black Armada Tastes, everybody. I'm not eating very exciting ice cream, though. I apologise to the listenership. I'm only eating Ben and Jerry's cookie dough. It's not even vegan today. I could I could do a Black Armada Tastes on my rum. Ooh, go on. I've got my uh, Diabless Clementine Spice Rum. <laughs> the, the uncorking noise is extra funny because my connection is quite poor at the moment so i'm only getting sound from you guys <laughs> we need more folly in this i think <laughs> getting hints of ocean breeze old boot sunken caravel what does it taste like then josh Clearly, you've never drunk any rum. Nick. I have not. No. <laughs> rum, th- those are only things that you drink rum out of. It's not. Um, they don't taste of those things. <laughs> is it like? A, is it? Is it Christmassy? Is it like a Christmas edition thing? Because that sounds quite Christmassy. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I did have a rum, um, the Thousand Cuts rum, by which I think is by Brewdog for fuck's sake. Um, if I remember correctly, and that is a botan- it's like a botanical rum that has got various weird things in it that do make it sort of taste like a Christmas pudding, and at least I think that's the one I'm remembering. Yeah, I, d- I didn't really like it that much, but this is this tastes like an orangey rum. You know, it's not that different from any other rum. They've, they've not messed with it any other way. It's just kind of orangey. But I thought, have I already mentioned my favourite rum is the Grumblebee rum? Do you prefer that even to Don Papa? I think so, yeah, because the grum because it's a honey rum, it's it tastes lovely and sweet, and the Don Papa tastes kind of a vanilla, but it's still fundamentally, you know, it's a strong uh, liquor, and so it's a bit kind of, you know, hard on on the taste buds. But the Grumblebees are lovely and sweet, so it's like the Alka Pops of. Um, <laughs> of rums and it's just yummy why rum josh ah well a good question and one that needed to be asked um we i think the answer is that uh, a artisan booze shop opened up in chesterfield in the town hall and we happened by it i think this is what happened and we just sort of popped in to see what they got and um they have, they've got all sorts, you know, they've got, you, as you would expect, a fucking massive wall of gins because everybody loves gin, apparently. I don't really love gin. Had we gone to buy rum for your stepmother for Christmas? That's certainly possible. I think maybe we did. I think she asked for rum. Yeah, that might be true. And then anyway, so they, they, 
I think maybe we tasted some or something, and I was like, oh, I'll get myself. Be Becky was like, why don't you get yourself some rum? Yeah, Becky's a big enabler like that. She's like, why don't you get yourself some heroin? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. I mean, it's artisan. So I just think that life is for living tongue first. I mean, I don't think that's how you're supposed to take heroin, as far as I'm aware, but um, mm. yeah, good point. Have we just found the Black Hammer Tastes slogan? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so they we, uh, they gave me some Dom Papa rum, uh, which is very nice, sort of quite smooth, vanilla-y tasting rum. And uh, yeah, kind of got into it from there. And the rest is drunken history. The rest is drunken history, that's right. Yeah. I feel like rums are good. I'll tell you what happened as well. They said... And obviously they would say this. They said, "Oh, rum—that's the next big thing. Like everyone's going to be have a have a rum collection from now on," which turned out to be true in my case. You're a rum hipster. I was into it before, just before it became popular, allegedly. But I don't—I haven't seen any evidence that it is popular. Nobody else has said to me, "Oh, rum." <laughs> We've got a relatively new um, rum distillery in Bristol. Oh with a rum school, so you can go and distill your own rum if you want. Oh, I'd love to go to rum school. You you age rum, right? I don't. Do, do you? I don't. I could, drink it far too fast. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think this is part of the reason that gin became so popular, uh, because because you don't you use a lot of the same equipment to make gins as you do whiskies, but you don't have to wait for the yeah. for it to mature. So while you're getting your first whiskey going, so that you can sell it in twenty years. You can sell gin now. Yeah, aged gin isn't a thing at all, is it? You don't get, like, vintage gin. That's true. Do you, are you saying then that the, the distillers are driving the um, the interest in gin? It's not that people really like it. It's that they're being marketed the stuff that's cheaper to make, basically. Generated a need. Yeah, so one of the one of the Australian gins that you can buy sometimes here, Four Pillars Gin, um, the, the, it's a distillery not very far from where I grew up uh and my little brother who is all kinds of into this stuff got to know them really well and, and it's, it, it's exactly what they were doing they were making gin because they wanted to make whiskey it's how you make money between us they also smuggled their steel into the country in pieces uh, between to avoid import duties. between <laughs> us and the region and the listeners of the podcast yeah obviously i mean <laughs> yeah, you don't know that the head of the met police doesn't listen to this podcast nick i can't prove anything I'm a known fantasist. <laughs> I was just assuming that any time I mentioned something illegal, you were editing that out, Josh. Josh. No, no. I, whenever that happens, I put on a little thing going, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> alert, alert, crime alert. <laughs> that bit out and puts it in a special dossier for, for later if he needs any leverage on us. <laughs> That's a great idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> I mean, I have got all the old audio, which is becoming a bit of a problem, actually. I don't have enough space on my hard disk. I've got like a half a terabyte hard disk, and I'm having to start moving everything onto my portable hard disk because fucking audio takes up so much space. Is this just the edited stuff? Because, I mean, you could just mm. ditch my files, right? Well, I mean, eventually I'm going to have to start doing it, but mm. I, I have this sort of paranoid idea that one day I will need the original files. I'll need somehow, I'll realise that there's something I can only do if I have the original bits. And uh, and then if I've deleted them, then then it's all fucked. And we're all going to have to, you know, just reenact the entire episode from scratch or something. 
This was a thing for me when I did the career change because, you know, as an astronomer, like nothing, I, I, you keep everything because you never know when, when it's going to be useful 20 years down the line when somebody suddenly realizes that something might be buried in archival data. Now I'm a civil servant. I, I can't do that. Like, like that, that data has to go as soon as I've used it for its purpose. The, the, there, are, there are laws about this kind of thing. Likewise, as a lawyer, I would usually keep things for either six years or 12 years, or if it's GDPR, then that's a whole different regime, as you have alluded to. I believe that we have um, talked about GDPR on this podcast before, possibly in character as opposed to out character. Do you think that we should make this that. into a GDPR podcast? <laughs> no. That's, that's not cool anymore. It, 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 had, it had its time, like NFTs, um, and, and now it's lame. Oh, my life. NFTs... So I keep thinking, I keep getting confused at the moment because whenever I'm on Twitter, every time I see NFT, my brain started substituting LFT. And when I see LFT, my brain started substituting NFT. And I kind of feel like there's got to be a joke in there somewhere, but I just haven't found it yet. And it's driving me mad. What's an LFT? Lateral flow test. Oh, right. Yeah. Surely some way we can test the COVID with the blockchain. Yes. So you think that LFTs are like a phony ownership of something that... I don't... It's really not that I think it. It's just I feel like my brain has confused it so often. There's got to be a joke there. But I don't know what. Listeners, write in with what the LFT-NFT confusion joke should be. (laughs) 